Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us, or to become a part of our community, or to give, please head on over to takeovergr.com. I love it a little to the left. Just a little. Oh, a little bit to the right. Perfect. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much. You didn't have to do that, but he's, he's just such a good dude. Um, so uh, I have a, a, this message put on my heart. is something very, very, a lot of tangible things, things that you can take, assess if you are doing them, um, or if that is, looks like your character, and either try to apply or pat yourself on the back that you are doing that. Um, but this, uh, this message is really, I want to, who here works for church and only the church and not outside of the church? So there's like two of us. There's a lot of us here and there's only two of us, right? So that, that means there's only one? Right. So, so well, Alex raised her hand, so there's two. So, so what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is every single person here is also out there in the world, right? So if, if boldness and breakthrough happens in the church on a Sunday, then boldness and breakthrough should equally, you know, take place in the workplace where you are called to be all the, most, most of the time. You know what I'm saying? If you're not seeing breakthrough in your workplace and you're only being bold, I would argue that being bold and raising your hands on a Sunday is nothing compared to being bold in the smallest way in the workplace. So good job raising your hand. Keep it up. But if you ain't get, getting the, the equality in the, in, the, in the world that needs it even more, man, we got you know, to step it up. So um, I got a few verses. I'm going to just read from the screen. Uh, Colossians 3, 12 through 17, which may be a familiar verse for some of you um, from Matt uh, last Sunday. So let's hit it. Uh, my message is called MVP. Um, so... Let's read it. Oh, yeah, go ahead. You're good. Oh, there it is. Nice work. A short notice, too. He hit me up and said, what do you want to be called? I said, MVP, and that's, that's beautiful. All right, let's get it. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all else, and above all, these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with the thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Uh, can we also hit First uh, Peter 2, 9 right, right, right away? First Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Some translations say a peculiar people, right? 
Roger that. We know we have some peculiar ones. We're led by the most peculiar. So, <laughs> so you know it's it's holy. Um, <laughs> is he holy or is he peculiar? Well, he's peculiar, so he must be. That's must be holy. Uh, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we are to stand out. If that doesn't tell you that we're supposed to stand out, man, we stand out. We should not blend in at all. So all of these, all of these uh, things that I have to say, I don't know how long it'll take, and I, I almost want to kind of get through it because I, I want to have like an application time where we're going to, you know, um, put on spiritual gifts for the workplace. Imagine that, that you're that person that when somebody comes in for, with, on a bad day, you sense it, you know it, the Holy Spirit gives you a word of knowledge for them, you tell them, and breakthrough is breaking out in the workplace because you're just a person that people, people know wisdom is gonna come from. This is, this is the type of stuff that um, we'll, we'll do afterwards, but um, the first thing, I think, to have a, a, a incredible impact, to be a peculiar person that is going to change the workplace is the way of your words. Most people have very um, pathetic words. They're, they're, they say something, but they say everything. They, they, they have a stance on everything. I don't, you, don't, you don't have to have a stance on every single thing. If you have a stance and draw a line everywhere, then who really knows exactly what's going on in your head? Maybe, maybe not a lot. Um, but the number one thing is your yes is yes and your no is no. That is simply an opportunity to worship God by showing God and man that you mean what you say. If I'm saying whimsically to everything this and that, but I don't hold fast that my yes is yes, my no is no, then you're, you're never, never going to have any weight with someone who is uh, not a Christian, or you know, especially Christians as well, who, who are no wisdom. Um, an example of this, of this in my life is I was on a 40-day coffee fast, and after 20 to 30 days, I felt like, okay, I think, I'm, I think I'm good. I felt like, you know, God did his work. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, I told him 40, but his voice is like, no, you can, you can back off. But I told myself, I said, God, I, I told you 40, and I want to hold true to, to, to what I said. Because I didn't say a promise, but my yes is a promise. And I said, I want to hold fast. So on, on day 39, um, I went to a coffee shop and I got a, uh, ca uh, a decaf miel. And they normally taste like crap, but this one tasted pretty good. So I was like, no way. Like, I feel a little, like, maybe a little jittery. Maybe it's all in my head. I don't know for sure if I just drank caffeine, but it didn't taste as crappy as the decaf ones I've been ordering. So I told myself, I said, Lord, I'm going to go 41 days instead of 40 because I'm not playing any games with my yes being yes and my no being no. And by no means am I saying that I'm perfect about this. Um, but this is something that has incredible value that uh, Matt, Matt, Matt says, um, and I'm sure you've heard it somewhere else, but it was um, uh, influence is increased in drops, but it's lost in pouring out of a bucket. Every single yes that you held on to, every single no that you held on to and that you came through with is just is a little drop. So your words mean a lot. They have to mean a lot. Because if a Christian's words mean nothing, yet they say they love the Lord and they want to obey him, but their yes doesn't mean yes and their no doesn't mean no, then you saying I love the Lord doesn't mean very much. And why should they 
believe any other wisdoms that you might have to say. Um, another one is slowness to speak. Um, Proverbs says, a righteous man doesn't bicker with fools. So if God is righteous, this one got me. So if God is a righteous man and he doesn't bicker with fools, makes sense, yeah? God's righteous and doesn't bicker with fools. If you haven't been hearing a God, then maybe you're a fool. Maybe he doesn't want to bicker with you. Maybe he's... If, God, if a righteous man doesn't bicker with fools, and God is the most righteous of all, and you're not hearing his voice, maybe you're the fool. Hold on a second. Slowness to speak. In Proverbs 17, 28, my grandpa actually has a proverb <laughs> that's uh, kind of funny. He says, uh, uh, what, what does he say? He says, um, you can keep your mouth shut and people can think you're stupid, or you can open up your mouth and prove you're stupid. <laughs> I'm like, that's pretty smart. Then I read it in Proverbs, what God's version is, and God's version uh, through Solomon is, even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he's deemed intelligent. So this gives us our, 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 our words an opportunity to have even more weight. You see I'm here? Because if I'm not throwing in my two cents with every little conversation that doesn't matter, you know what I'm saying? And this little bickering, that little thing, that little dumb thing, I'm just, I don't play them games. I don't, I don't want, I don't want in. I'm not pushing my chips in this conversation, yet I'm going to sit idly by silent. And I've had many, many more opportunities where I've gotten to sit on the sidelines silent and then everyone's wondering why I'm silent and then ask for my uh, opinion. And then I, after thoughtful consideration of the opinion, I get to share it and I have everyone's ears. That's the point. A Christian should, should, should walk into a room and hopefully by, by the things that we're talking about, your w words should have so much weight that when you speak, it should have like a resonance in the room of like, wait a minute. Like this isn't just anybody bickering and talking. This person talked, but that person did too. But when this person speaks up, they mean it. And they're not playing any games. They have, they have thoughtfully considered and prayed and received a wisdom from something that I don't know where it came from. That's another way that um, you can have so much more weight in the workplace. Um, this one is... Uh, this one was given to me today, and I am, uh, I'm proud to say I had nothing to do with this one, but this one's about gossip. Um, gossip is a direct reflection of a small, unvalued, influential, unwise voice crying out to be noticed. Let me say it again, and there's more after that, but gossip is a direct reflection of a small, unvalued, uninfluential, unwise voice crying out to be noticed. Instead of bringing life to a topic, which requires wisdom, diligence, and maturity. A gossiper brings ignorance, death, and blockades. A gossiper brings ignorance, death, and blockades where a wise person sees opportunity. You are not wise for the obvious in calling a dead thing dead. A wise person will see death and failure, remain silent in holy contemplation while God shows how death can fertilize new life. I'm just say it one more time. If you find yourself in gossip, which I do sometimes, it's a direct reflection of my, 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 my fleshy, small, 
unvalued, uninfluential, the uninfluential part of me that no one should listen to anyway, the unwise voice crying out that I I need to tell you something and that I need to be noticed. Man, I'm already noticed by God. I don't need need your recognition by pitching in on, on stories that don't matter and don't build us up. Instead of bringing life to a topic which requires wisdom, diligence, and maturity, a gossiper brings ignorance, death, and blockades. It's, if, have you ever heard somebody say something so simple that it seems as though it should just shut down the entire conversation, but there's so much more wisdom that could have been had past the gossip in my sim- such simple uh, uh, opinion? that it sets up a blockade and it's like, oh yeah, okay. But a wise person sees opportunity where they set the blockade. You are not wise for calling it, uh, for obviously calling a dead thing dead. A wise person will see death and failure, remain silent in holy contemplation while God shows how death can fertilize new life. I, I pray that we would take this one so closely to heart because this this is this is truly something that not only by you reframing from it um is good and takes us forward like what this whole this whole talk is about but also going the other direction and engaging in gossip is one of the most secret and deadly things that can happen in a church or in a workplace it is sneaky it seems innocent it seems fun and it is fun, I tell you, it's, it's fun. <laughs> but it's so bad. It's so bad and it tears us apart by you simply telling me something about somebody else, about something, some way that they wronged you in a tiny, tiny way. That sets up uh, blockades in my heart to be able to love and move forward with that person the way that I should. If I should be able to form my own opinion about if they're trustworthy, if they have a voice in my life that I should accept or reject because there's a, there's a lot of people, and there's a, me, me for example, uh, by, by a story I'm gonna share later, um, have, have, have had people create blockades a, around me of why you should not listen to me because of gossip, when I believe I am the most important person to listen to in the workplace. You should, you should, have to, you should know what, what the Lord has to say, because that's all I wanna say. You know what I'm saying? But, no, 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 this guy, that guy, I, mm-mm. Um, so with our words being so heavy, um, we need to have absolute confidence because confidence is, uh, is something that it's not a, it's not a voice. It's just, you know, it, do you just, you just absolutely know it when a person has confidence and walks in the room, stands up and has something to say, there's just, there's, it's unexplainable. You just know that this person has has something about who they 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 believe that they are that just makes you makes you want to know you know the way that their mind's ticking if they know who they are that is that is something something very weighty in a room absolute confidence but when it comes to confidence um who are you trying to please we should always obviously first and always be seeking to please the lord um the Lord works all good and bad things uh, together. Uh, where, what, is, what is that verse? Um, I don't know if I wrote it down. Dang it, I was, said I was going to and I didn't. 
Romans 8.28. I have that on my phone. I did write it down in my screenshot. Holy crap. <laughs> this guy, let's go. All right. This is beautiful. And we know that for those who love God, note that part, those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. That's the second part, called according to his purpose. Who's called according to his purpose? No, everybody is. Every single person is called to be according to his purpose to, 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 that he died for. He died for all of us. We're all, we're all supposed to be and should be in the game. But all good and bad things, not just all, all, all good things, but all good and bad things work together for the good of those who, who meet those two criteria, that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Before I was a Christian, I was called according to his purpose, but I didn't love him. So I therefore couldn't take all of the waves and the struggles of the world and allow God to take those and change those into being for my good, whether they actually be good or they be bad first and be maneuvered into good. That is why I have absolute confidence what, whatever may come that I can stand on my words, the truth can still be true, no matter what it does in the eyes of someone else. If the true is, truth is true, and I actually believe that, that I love him, yeah, I do. Then it's gonna work together, whether this thing is, seems good for me or not. Um, we'll talk about Joseph and the many coat of colors in a minute. Um, this one, just a one-off. If you work on Sundays and you can't come to church, Quit. Don't work there. Talk to your boss. It's actually uh, an American uh, right where uh, a workplace can't inhibit you from worshiping. It's a great thing that our country does, right? So you can play that card. They don't like it. Get fired. Quit. (laughs) Don't go there. Being with God, uh, you need to find a job anyway that God said is okay to, that he wants you to be at. You should, have, you should have had that already. But if, 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 if that job is keeping you from church, quit. It's, it's, uh, you have to. Because if he works all things together, like you quitting, then, man, you're going to find a better job where you're going to be able to help more people. Um, it's going to be good. Um, <laughs> integrity. Uh, pursue perfect effort and pursue perfect submission to fulfill your boss's commands. If your your boss is the one with the vision, I don't know if you like where you work or if you like your boss, you will get a promotion if you follow what your boss wants. This is not your place and God hasn't called you to it. He might call you to it to rule it and to, to help and have his ear, but if he's not ask, your boss isn't asking for your ear, then just do what your ears tell you from your boss's voice. Do what he says, do your absolute best, and he will see that you're a person worth listening to. If you do have an opinion, then he's, gonna, he's more likely to ask for it and actually contemplate it if you can show and display that you are underneath his submission to fulfill what his vision for the workplace is. I'm telling you, man. You get, I, I've, I've, had, uh, I've had opportunities where if, they're like, hey, Zach, I want you to manage the gym. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to because I'm trying to make Temple Fitness uh, outside um, there and I can't take more hours. And I'm like, dang. But it's, it only, it only, that only opportunity comes 
from applying these things and being like, boss, your way is the best way. I can have my opinions all I want, but now nah, don't, it don't matter so much. So I'm going to play the short game and love my boss for real to get promoted. I'm gonna love them like crazy. It's funny that the best customer service is Christ-like. How many people, like if you go to a restaurant, how many, have you ever been like a, a waitress or a waiter, anybody in here? Boom, they probably told you to smile. They probably told you if somebody needs something, you go help them. They probably told you to greet them real good. You know, they probably, you know, they, they, they probably had a lot of Christian values about how you should value and love somebody else, right? These people who are talking about what great customer service looks like are ripping it from Jesus. He's the best customer service rep, man. He's going to come to you. He's going to ask you for what you need. He's going to go above and beyond to make sure that you're well. He's going to ask how you are and actually care. Sheesh. What if your boss didn't have to train that? They'd be like, let's level this guy up. Let's level this lady up. I don't have to teach them, them, them the simple stuff about how to love my customers, how to love my people. If I don't have to teach you and train you that, you got a boss's eye, bro. You're going up, 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 and, and you know, that's, that's just, that's a big deal. And, and all of these things are just completely encompassed by if, the fact if you want to be like the Lord or not. So that's the funny thing, is that if you are truly applying and submitted to trying to be like Christ, you'll do that customer service part naturally. When somebody comes in, you're not going to do a great job because it's your job. That's the last thing you're thinking. You see a human being that's created in the image of God, you're gonna do an absolutely great job at serving them because it's who you are, it's in your DNA. You've been called and set apart. Um, unoffendability. You aren't allowed to just be offended at everything. At most things, you, you should not just straight up just be offended. Me being an offended person and just blocking myself up because of my pride and because of my ego, that affects who I am as a person. Um, and if I know who God says I am, and I know that there's nobody that has a stronger word over my life, then, then you offending me is, is really tough to do. And I'll get offended sometimes, but it's easy for to, to, to be able to just be like, okay, what does God actually say? What's the voice that I actually care about say? I, I will get behind that one again. I'm not going to get behind this person's voice. I'm not allowed to be offended. I don't have pride. I have no ego. I have submission to the Lord. And it's really hard to, uh, I don't know, hit something and hurt something that, you know, is just going to absorb it and send it right back anyway and just be, yeah, I don't, I don't care. You can hit me again. Jesus says, turn the other cheek. Hit me again, why don't you? I don't care. You can't hurt me. It's, it, I, I don't care. It's not who I am. It's not my DNA. I know who Christ says that I am. Uh, one of my favorite quotes that I said to Adrienne, I think it was about uh, me not liking your dogs or something. <laughs> she, said, she said, well, Zach, I'm offended. And I said, why are you offended? It's not going to do you any good. <laughs> so I apologize for that insensitivity. But I turned that and manipulate it into just like, this is, that's legit though. Like that's legit great advice for you to apply to yourself and be like, Zach, when they said that to you, why are you offended? It's not helpful. It's not helpful for me to carry it on anyway. Why am I going to keep on marching throughout my life taking that offense with me? Jesus died for that offense, handed over 
It's not yours. <laughs> Don't carry it around. Working, because if you are carrying it around, working with a chip on your shoulder for man will only get you as far as man can go. How many, how many celebrities have made it so far by just working with a chip on the shoulder? I'm grinding. I'm going to take care of this. I hate everything, but man, I'm hustling. They can get really far. Imagine how far freedom and submission goes with the Lord pushing forward your calling. That only has heavenly limits that God will set, that can set. That's way more than a limit that man can set by you working with a chip on your shoulder. Um, because God can work with submission, and he's not going to bicker. He's not going to bicker back with you, like we talked about before. Um, just finishing, finishing up with a couple things. Um, boldness in the workplace. So this is, the, this is where the balance of submission and who you're trying to please in absolute perfect service and unoffendability, it almost makes you kind of seem like a punching bag a little bit. But there's boldness as well. There's boldness for the truth where you do not back down and ever submit what the truth is. There's been so many times in my career where I have had to approach what I thought was the Zach Kramer canceling conversation, which was about the LGBTQ plus community. I had a boss who was part of the LGBTQ plus community. And I've had conversations with people on people who disagreed with me. But because I have set myself up and I've set my voice up, that, that even before that conversation came up, you knew that I was a person of contemplation. You knew that I was a person of love. You know I was a person that is, is reasonable. I'm a reasonable person. I'm not just drawing my, my foot in the sand at every little dumb thing that isn't just absolute truth. I can, be, I can be malleable on a lot of things where I'm like, I don't know if I have all of this figured out. But there are things when Zach steps forward and with his toes draws line in the sand, everybody should know when you do that, whoa, okay, there's something loving here because that's what their character embodies. There's something reasonable, you know, about what, what their character embodies. There's got to be something to it because it, me, me disagreeing right in the face of people who live that lifestyle is, was one of the most fearful conversations where I knew this is the conversation that's going to get me canceled. But you can't cancel what God called. So don't have fear about that stuff. Be a person that God wants to bless. Be a person that God wants to promote. Not that you're doing it for a promotion, because you're doing it for Jesus, you're doing it for, for his, himself as a person, just because you love him. But like when it comes to tithing, if you're tithing all of your 10% and giving offerings, if I'm Jesus looking down, then I'm gonna be like, well dang, he's giving everything. I want him to have more, because if he has more and he's continuing to give the way that he has, then he's going to keep on increasing. What if that 10% just keeps on building? That's a guy that I want to prosper. That's a, that's a, this person is really stewarding their voice well. I want to elevate their voice. Don't be a man that is elevating your voice through quick, quick, uh, quick to speak, mixing your words and your words aren't solid and dead set on by yes is yes and no is no, being in a straight, perfect line with what I have to say and engaging in gossip 
is going to lead me uh, in a, in, to be a person that God's going to be like, all right, hold up, they have some character flaws, and I don't quite want to maybe give them more. I don't want to give them a premature inheritance. Because if you're not that guy, you're not that person, then it, it, it could be harmful <laughs> you know, to the church for you to get elevated too high but have such a, a magnificent flaw in your character that it, well, you, you've reached the height of what God could give you but when it comes down to it, you fall backwards on what the truth is clearly and written about the LGBTQ plus community, that it's just not God's best, man. It's not what he wanted. It's not what he wanted for you guys. And I've had that conversation. I'd love to talk to you about how to engage in that conversation in the workplace. I've had it time and again, and nobody has, has canceled me. Nobody has completely understood me but they've known that I'm a reasonable person that has so much love overflowing in my heart for all people that it would be completely out of my character and completely in their hands to twist the person that I am for them to think that I hate a person. It just wouldn't make sense to put Zach Kramer hates this person in their mind. It just would not compute. And it'd have to be really evil and really demonic. And I'm, I'm, it's going to happen. I know it. And it, that's, that's going to be our world. But we can at least make it hard by being such loving and graceful, peaceful, wise people that it would be so difficult for, for people to just draw strict and straight conclusions of like, I know this person, but I also believe that they hate that person. That just, it's just not going to work with me. These are, these are, I believe that the, that community and that conversation is such a big reason why we need to get our crap together as people of integrity in the workplace because we're going to be in the mix with that being an overwhelmingly dominant belief in our country that in time god will be proven to be right in what he says but it's not quite right now <laughs> over time it's going to show to be as flawed as as what god says it is but we're in the midst of it being a height. You know, this is the first day of uh, the Pride Month, right? Um, so this is a big month. Um, and this is something we need to stand strong in, in boldness, with all of these characteristics that are really going to emphasize our freedom and our confidence to be bold. But if you are being, being uh, shady in other areas, and yet you are trying to be bold in areas like this, there's just so many more areas for the world to be able to point you out, pull you down, create an argument for other people of why you're a fool. Man, I, I, wanna, I wanna embody what Jesus says is wisdom so that when you pick and do surgery on my life, you won't find very much foolishness. You'd have to be an expert surgeon to find it, which most people of the world aren't. To be able to find a flaw that would complement why you can manufacture something about what I actually believe about that community, right? It's just, I want to create a life where that's not going to hold up, but love will, because I love them. I love them so much. I love my old boss, who's such an awesome lady that, that um, I <laughs> have such a great relationship with. She knew exactly where I stood with it, yet when she came to me and said, we're not going to make it, we're going out of business, 
I got to wrap my arms around her. She knows exactly what I believe, but she knows I'm holy. She knows that I'm a righteous man, that I love God, and that I love her like crazy. And I got to wrap her up, and I just got to pray with her. And she's just filled with tears, knowing more about how good God is. Man, that's, that's all that I can ask for. Um, beautiful example. Um, in Genesis 37, <laughs> All things are working together for the good of those who love the Lord are called according to his purpose is Joseph. He receives the coat of many colors. He, uh, he has uh, these visions. I think it's stalks of corn or something, which are his brothers bowing down to him in a dream. And then he tells his brothers, might not have been a good move. A lot of philosophers say he shouldn't have done that. He was an arrogant boy. Um, <laughs> to complement that, he sees a vision of the sun and the moon bowing down to Joseph. And he says, hey, man, pa, you're going to bow too. <laughs> like, dang, boy, I don't know if I would have, you know, said that, but good on you, I guess, if it's true, but whatever. Um, so his brothers hate, hate his guts, and they want to kill him. It's interesting to me that Judah, the line of Judah, who ends up being Jesus, right? Judah, his brother, had the idea of selling him and putting, uh, uh, covering his coat of many colors and blood which the coat of many colors was like a flex of his identity and how loved he was by the father and how Judah is the one to do that. This might not actually apply to what my ultimate point is, but I thought it was cool enough to share it. <laughs> but the lion of Judah gets dipped in blood too. Jesus gets completely covered in blood. Judah, the lion of Judah himself, and it was Judah's idea to sacrifice uh, and dip his brother's clothes in blood by a goat, which lamb and goat um, have a lot of similarities and sacrifices in the Old Testament um, as well. But that's really, really cool and really significant. Um, and I'm excited to explore it more, not right now, because it will get nowhere. Um, but Joseph was sold ultimately into slavery, and he was uh, prospered in slavery to the point where uh, his, his leader... Uh, Potiphar, he gave him like the whole house and was like, this is all, you're in charge of it. Because God prospered Joseph, so everything that was under him prospered. This is what we're talking about. Bad news, all things work, all bad things even, work together for the good and the prosperity of Joseph, that even in slavery he was prospering. Until Potiphar's wife accused him of raping her, runs away, goes to prison, and he becomes promoted to the leader of the prison. He's in charge of all the other prisoners because the Lord put all good and bad things together for the good of those who love Joseph and are called according to God's purpose. So these two guys, they have these dreams, and just like, hey, I'm, I can interpret dreams. And one guy, he's like, here, here's my dream. He says, hey, you're going to be established back in the king's house, and you're going to be good, bro. And he's like, oh, dang. Hey, the other guy's like, I got a dream too. And he's like, that one means you're going to die <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> he's like, well, dang. Both of them came true. The other guy gets, gets promoted, and he's like, hey, tell the king, like, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I got a gift here. Uh, he doesn't. Joseph stays in prison until later on the king has a vision himself, and the guy remembers Joseph in prison, 
don't know how many years later, but it was two years later. That sucks. <laughs> like, but he's leading the prison. He's the prisoner of prisoners. You know what I'm saying? Like, even so, in slavery, he's the slave of slaves. In prison, he's the prisoner of prisoners because, the God, because God said so. And then, ultimately, he gets uh, asked to come and he interprets the king's dream and he gets established and he isn't the king but he's pretty much the king because he has the wisdom of God that the king actually wants to hear. This is what I believe is for us in submission to the Lord in the workplace. Imagine making a church out of every single workplace that we're in, that we're in submission and we're asking God for these things. I ask God uh, for Wayland. I ask him for the entire, the entire town, and I believe that he's going to He's going to give it. I encourage you to go into work, and if you're ever able to be by yourself, you ask God to take this place over and make it a church, make it his own. And make it, I, I, pray, I pray it all the time that Temple would be a place where God is just such an easy and natural conversation to come up. That's something that you could pray, and it's, it's true. That's something that happens all the time um, because I believe the prayer and the atmosphere in the room is, is, is giving people peace and comfort that they might not be able to go to church with and be able to ask questions and dive in, but they're, they're able to come to the gym and they have such a peace in the atmosphere that this is something that I could ask. This is something that I could talk about. And that's a beautiful thing that's for every single workplace, that you would pray for opportunities to come up where that atmosphere is stirring up, but you have to pray for it. You have to pray for it at work. I had a Hamza. He was going to he was going to clean my bathroom once a month, and I I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to do it. It's kind of expensive. Um, I don't know how expensive Hamza is an expensive. <laughs> he's expensive. You know what I'm saying? Holy crap! So I I said Hamza, it, I want you to come and clean uh, every month so I can I can see you. But if you'll pray whenever you come in, I know that that's worth any, whatever you cost. I, if you can just come and pray a person like him to come into your workplace and while he's serving you, he's praying for you. I was like, I want that. And end up, I get the bill and it's 121 bucks per month extra. Maybe it was $102. I don't know which one, but it was, it was a lot. I was like, gosh dang, son. But I said my yes is yes, my no is no. I'm going to go forward with it. However, I didn't go forward with it because Hamza was looking for a different place to work. So I didn't want to. Huh? It was super clean when he did give me the free trial. So thank you. But <laughs> it needs help again, though, if you ever want to come by. I, can't, I won't, don't want to pay you that much, but you know what I'm saying? But... Prayer is so important, it's so powerful, and we need to be people of absolute confident prayer. Yes, we're praying for our city, and we want that so bad, but our, our points of entry are our workplaces. That's incredibly, incredibly, incredibly important and crucial that they be changed as well, because that's going to make the church so much more effective to be able to see God flowing, see God moving, to hear testimonies of healings, to hear testimonies of crazy people that I heard rumors of and miracles I've heard rumors about being confirmed because you're bold and able to share what you have to say. Something super popular 
uh, is uh, spiritual stuff. I don't know if you work in a place where they talk about spiritual stuff, Ouija boards, tarot cards, uh, witchcraft, and stuff like that. God has way cooler versions of that. They think they have cool versions, and they can contribute to the conversation, and then you show up, you say, I've seen crazier things than you can, you can imagine. I've heard crazier stories than you know about, except it winds up being for absolute freedom, and I could show you this person that used to be bonded up, and they're not. We, have, we, have, we can contribute to those conversations, and it can be fun. We can enter into that world and be like, you have this spiritual world that you believe in? I have one too. It's way better. So what I wanted to do uh, as we wrap up is um, I want us to really come together and engage in asking for a spiritual, spiritual giftings that we could apply in the workplace. And I think that um, words of knowledge is a really simple and good one. Um, discernment is another really good and, uh, and one that can just be executed in the workplace. I encourage you to pray for people at work it might be incredibly terrifying, but do it. People take notice and people see that, that you're not just a lukewarm Christian that, that doesn't actually stand on any foundation. If you're, if, you're, if you're not bold and you don't take those moves, then it just shows people that there's really actually no foundation that, that Christians have. But when you show up and you say, there is a foundation I stand on, I'm confident, and this is scary, but I don't care because this is more important, it proves to secular people that there's a foundation that you're crazy enough to stand on that they might not be able to see yet, but they'll be able to see it through you. So if we can just, uh, I don't know if we're singing another song or? We will. Hit the pad and let's, let's get on up here. Uh-huh. Then we'll go on the song. You heard the man. <laughs> so if the worship team wants to come up, no, don't you come up. Hit, the pad. Hit that pad. Ah. That's good stuff. I like it. All right, I'm trying to figure out how to do that. <laughs> so, um, oh, it does work. Wow. The, pad, the pad's doing it for me. Right. So, um, I want to. Uh, I want to just ask the Lord that he would fill us up with um, all of these attributes of a wise person, a person that has heavy words that's worth listening to, that when they walk into a room, there's just something about them that is worth listening to. So Lord, we ask that you would, you would do that. We ask that you would just bless us with boldness. You bless us with unoffendability and confidence. We ask that you would free us from gossip. You give us the ability to be patient and contemplate that our first thought might not be the best one, but to be slow to speak and fall in love with what you might have to say in a situation, even if it takes time. And I pray that you would allow us to uh, have a strong yes that we would hold on to at all costs and a no that we would do just the same. Um, if you want... Uh, to be spiritually gifted in some way, um, think right now, pray and ask God right now um, what you believe that specific gifting that would be so effective in the workplace. Ask him for what that is, and we're going to lay hands, 
and maybe we'll form a few groups where this will be for this and that will be for this up in front um, and we're going to go for it. Um, let's pray real quick. If I could have Matt, um, Adrienne, Angie, and Scotty Boy up here. Lord, I pray that you just speak to all of us right now. We want to uh, we want the workplace as it is in heaven. We want to see absolute breakthroughs. So Lord, speak to every single individual in here right now. Whether it be their first activity in spiritual giftings or um, a new one that we just want to emphasize and act in, Lord, I pray that you build faith. You tell us specifically what that is. Give us the boldness to ask for it and especially the boldness to step forward and take action in it. In Jesus' name. Amen.